It's Monday, October 9th, 2017. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, this is our weekly Monday morning Bible study, and today we continue our study on the book of Ruth, and we are joined by Josh Caldwell, Lifeline's International Director, who will walk us through Ruth chapter 3. Hello, my name is Josh Caldwell from Lifeline Children's Services. I'm the International Director, and today I have the privilege of talking about Ruth chapter 3. I'm so excited about this book, and as we've been walking through the last couple of Mondays, um, it's just a great picture of um, the love of the Lord and the great picture of love between uh, Ruth and Naomi um, of a mother-in-law and daughter love and then the picture of love between Ruth and Boaz. Um, also a picture that we can take and look at what is that love of our Father in heaven look like with us. And I think this Ruth chapter 3 gives us a picture of hope uh, and love. And I want to talk about that in just a minute. But as you know, uh, Naomi cared for Ruth very much. And Naomi's life throughout the book is a powerful witness to the Lord. Um, she is one that we love to see in stories like this. Naomi is that third character. She's the character in the story that is not the focal point of the story, but someone that we can look to that we know is trusting in the plans that are before her and that are loving people well. I love this character in, in different stories that we see throughout the Bible, but uh, Naomi is definitely a special one. Um, if you think about it further, the lives of Ruth and Naomi could have been ones that are very difficult. They were both widows and they had, um, widows had a very difficult time and they were often in poverty, often taken advantage of, and often had strained lives. And you can see throughout scripture where <clears throat> the Lord talks about ways to honor, to, to defend the fatherless and the widow. He talks about, um, being, uh, someone who is upright to the widow and all throughout scripture, we see those kind of words and you can tell why, because they would have had a very difficult and strained life. But through this chapter, I think you see through chapter two in Ruth into chapter three, I think you see a hope in um, Naomi that is restored because of the possibility of Ruth um, having a redeemer. And as you walk through um, this, you see things like in chapter two, you see Ruth just so happen happening to end up in a field where she could be provided for and find provision. But then that just so happened to be um, the Boaz, a close relative, a landowner. You know, these aren't just so happened moments. These are moments that are actually provided for and, and pr the provision is given from the Lord. He is leading and guiding. And I think those are things that we can take away today, that the Lord is leading and guiding our steps each day. Chapter 2, verse 20, Naomi says that he is a kinsman redeemer. And it's like she it's like she's planting a seed in Ruth's mind of hope. She is planting this seed that possibly this man could bring redemption. And then you come to chapter 3, which we're talking about today. And it walks through a story um, that oftentimes... Uh, could make someone blush, um, you know, in this day and age. And, and it definitely um, has some some language that could make you blush. But I think as we see and as we walk through this, I believe the purity and nobility of both Ruth and Boaz are still intact at the end of this story. 
Uh, it's a beautiful picture of Naomi at the beginning of this chapter, Naomi um, talking to her daughter and telling her that, should I not find rest for you? Should I not be the one that is looking for you to find rest in a redeemer? And um, she talks about that Boaz is a relative and um, that he tonight is going to be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. And we've probably all heard this picture of winnowing barley um, or the threshing floor throughout scripture that the wheat would have been crushed and the valuable grains would have been taken and separated and the, the they would have had a uh, a winnowing fork that would have thrown the wheat up in the air and it would have been separated by the wind. And that's what Boaz would have been doing. And he would have probably spent the night close to this threshing floor um, in order to protect his investment that he had on, on this property. And, but then Naomi kind of gives uh, Ruth some instructions. He, asks, he, he tells her to wash herself and anoint her with oil and then not to make herself known to this man until he until he lies down, but to make sure you're paying attention to where to observing where he is as we go through verse four in this chapter, and then and then this is where it starts to you know have language that back in the Bible day would have made someone blush or made someone uncomfortable. It says to go and to uncover his feet and to lie down, uncover feet and lie down are all things that could have done that and. It says he will, and he will tell you what to do. And you can just kind of tell um, that Naomi is trying to give her the best instruction possible. And so then as you walk through verses six, seven, eight, and nine, it really becomes the meat of the story where she goes down to the threshing floor, just as her mother-in-law had told her, she waits until Boaz lies down. And then she comes and softly uncovers his feet. And then in the middle of the night, she startles or the man is startled and he turns over and behold, a woman, Ruth, is laying at his feet. And he says, who are you? Uh, in a beautiful passage, verse nine, where it says, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant for you are a redeemer. This, this phrase, spread your wings over your servant, is one that is like, bring me into your care. Bring me under your protection. If we look back at Ruth 2, 12, we see a verse that is has the same word for wings, and it says, The Lord repay you for what you have done, and full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come. Take refuge. And also in Psalm 91, 4, it says, He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. It's just a picture of, of refuge, a picture of protection. And he is asking, or she is asking, excuse me, Ruth is asking um, to, for him to spread his wings over your servant and be, for you are a redeemer. Put me in your protection. As we walk through the remaining verses, 10 through 16, we see his response to, um, to Ruth. His response could have been negative. He could have thrown her out. He could have gotten mad. But he didn't. He had a very calm. It says it sounds like a very calm and gentle spirit. May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter, is what it says in verse 10. And um, then this this incredible picture of kindness. He says, you have made this last kindness greater 
than the first. And that, that part of that word kindness is um, in the Old Testament is translated is a, is a Hebrew word for hasid. And it's a, just is so, so many times throughout the Old Testament and is a great uh, picture here. And it's in actually in Ruth 1, 8 in Ruth 2, 20 and in Ruth 3, 10, we see this, this word and there could, there's not really a great English word that's translated here. So it's translated in many different ways, faithfulness, grace, mercy, uh, love, kindness, loving kindness, all these different ways that it is translated. But it's just an incredible picture of this um, this lordly love, this this love that can only come um, through someone who is just has a deep, um, the deep love for for someone else. And and he, he asked her not to fear. As it goes into verse eleven, ask her not to fear. And as we walk into the last parts of this verse, he he even says. Um, bring me your garment and hold it out, um, and I will measure six measures of barley in it. And then, and then, as we see at the end of this uh, set of verses, we see that she goes back, and he he doesn't want her to go back to Naomi empty-handed. Um, and then Naomi, I love this in verse eighteen, says, "Wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out. For the man will not rest." or settle until this matter is settled today. And just a cool picture of a story that can, you can go so deep into this story. And, uh, but just want to pull two things away from there is the hope that Naomi has for the Redeemer, for Ruth, and the love, that Hasid love that we just read about. And I think that the hope, you know, we can find ourselves in this world so many times with a loss of hope um, with, with people around us that, that seem to have no hope. There's so much death and loss. There's loss of family members. There's diseases with cancer. There's all kinds of sin. We live in the adoption world and we see children that have passed away um, before being able to come into families. And we see failed adoptions and things that just don't work out like you think they were going to. And there's just so many things that could cause that um, that loss of hope for people around the world, but we as believers have to find our hope found in Jesus Christ, that our hope cannot be found in this world, um, that our hope is found in Jesus Christ. And First Peter 1, 3 through 6 talks about a living hope, and I love this verse. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is the hope that we that we have is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Isn't this an amazing picture of hope that we have hope in the resurrection uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I, I pray that we can find our hope in that today. And then lastly, we want to find hope through these verses, but then we want to find love and a type of love that is this hasid love that we see here. And there's it's 149 times it's translated mercy and 40 times translated kindness and 30 times translated loving kindness. And the word loving kindness we see show up throughout our scriptures and just an incredible picture of a, a deeper kind of love, a love that is bigger than just an emotional love, but a love that's full of acts of service and and uh, treating others as Christ would want us to treat. And look at Lament, in Lamentations 3.22, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. We look at First Chronicles 16, 
Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 109, 21, but you, oh God, my Lord, deal on my behalf for your name's sake because of your steadfast love is good. Deliver me. And then lastly, Psalm 115, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. This this word love has it is found three times in Ruth, but it's also found in many of these other verses that I just read. It is the love of the Lord, a steadfast, a loving kindness, a love that never ceases. And I pray today that we turn our attention to the Lord and our and we put our hope and our trust in him, that he, Jesus, that um, died for our sins, that was um, resurrected on the third day and now lives um, with his people and this type of love that can come from our Father. I pray that we focus on that type of love and that we try to show and share that love amongst each of our uh, people that we're in covenant community with in our daily lives. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieMule.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel of you to impact the life of the child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.